Blog Talk Radio. Catch with John Fisher on Blog Talk Radio, connecting life to faith. We're just trying to get it together, trying to help their fellow man, hoping we can make it better. Do you really think we can? Hello. Hey, guys. Hey, man. Hey, we're on. That happened. We're on. We're on. Yeah, it did. All right. I need a new operator. <laughs> well, I'm ready I, if you I, are. I need an engineer. Yeah, I am. I am. And uh, it's so good to have you back on the show again. And uh, I just love your thoughts. Um you know, I get a lot of blogs and a lot of things in the mail, and uh, uh, a lot of them go delete, 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 but uh, things from <laughs> Doug Stevens don't get deleted. Um, I, I really Well, that's uh, high compliment. Thank you. <clears throat> yeah, I really, I really do appreciate it. And as a matter of fact, uh, we're going to go into one of your recent um, mailings. Uh, tonight that because uh, our theme tonight is dealing with election year anxiety and uh, ah, yes <laughs> and you sent out something uh, I believe last week reset for a new reality and uh, I'm gonna as a matter of fact I'm gonna read uh, a portion of that as we uh, go through the questions here but um, I'd love to uh, delve into some of those thoughts uh, sure. Uh, tonight, even even more, because I I think everybody has got a certain amount of anxiety about the election this year. They have to. Um, there's we do. There's so much going on, um, and then just the whole idea of uh, you know have have you ever known a time more divided uh, than than we have right now. Doug? The late 60s in, in Berkeley came close. Close, yeah. Very close, yeah. This might be a little bit more than that, believe it or not. I think this is a little more. Well, you know, the, the Berkeley thing was generational. Um, this is different. This is yes. like, yeah. you know, this is the blue and the red. This is, you know, to draw a line down the center of the country and put half of the people on one side and half the other. And Well, uh, and there are many fault lines here, not just the politics, but uh, all the other issues that are hitting us in the face. True, true. Um, as a matter of fact, uh, I'm going to read your opening paragraph um, to kind of set the stage here. Uh, we are contending with a perfect storm right now. The virus rampaging around the globe and disrupting our lives, an economic downturn that keeps getting worse, a reckoning on race and the protests that force issues out in the open, along with rioting and vandalism 
an uptick in violence and mental health problems, feeling fearful, overwhelmed, and weary, and a stunning spectacle of political display that undermines confidence in our ability to govern ourselves and sustain hope in the American dream. All this and relationships across a splintered nation and in distressed communities that are unraveling just as we need all the connection, support, practical help, unified effort, and expressions of love we can get. Wow. Yes, indeed. What a, what a picture, uh, what a picture that is. And, uh, what a time to have all this, uh, division happening when, when we, you know, in the middle of a pandemic, people are getting sick and dying. Yeah. We need to come together to solve this and we can't, we can't seem to do it. I know. I know. Um, it's, uh, yeah, it's going to be, uh, and, and and we've got a we got a ways to go. We we're certainly we, not anywhere past being o- over or halfway or who knows on on the pandemic. Well, that's the problem. There's so much uncertainty and the anxiety just ramps up as a result of that. And we could just see, you know, at the light at the end of the tunnel, and we keep thinking we might be getting closer, and then we end, end up taking steps backwards. So. Yeah, they the anxiety goes much higher because of that. You know, it becomes chronic. Yeah, it does. It does. Um, and then, then, then the racial uh, thing—it's just isn't that amazing? I mean, we just somebody just lit a fire in, in the middle of all this. And, well, obviously, uh, it's been uh, percolating for years and even centuries, and uh, but right. now there is this reckoning. Whether it's going to be a righteous reckoning, we we don't know yet. We don't know. Yeah, yeah. I I, I, I wonder if the 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 George Floyd incident, if that if that hadn't happened, if this would have erupted the way it did. Yeah, that was that was a tipping point for sure. A few months yeah. ago. Back yeah. in May, but you're right. I mean, it obviously was coming uh, now or later, sometime. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, and I, you know, Doug, I think I think people are having a hard time realizing that the uh, the country's changing. You know the and the uh, uh, I'm, I'm I'm reaching for a word here and I can't get it. Um, but uh, you know just your basic uh, white America that we all grew up with um, that we just thought was normal. Um, normal for it, us because it was defined in that way. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And, and uh, now it's become so pluralistic, and it's uh, it's it's right in front of us, us white folks, and uh, we have uh, we're we're sort of bewildered by that, many of us, and uh, not responding well. Yeah, yeah, and and uh, but but there's so much for us to learn, and and there there is a breakthrough waiting if we will only step up to it. I believe. 
Yeah, I be- I believe so too. I, I I can just remember back to when I finally, re- you know, realized that um, you know, like there there are more there are more Hispanic people in L.A. than there are white people. You know, I don't know that's yeah. true, but it, it seems like it. It probably is. And uh, it uh, I, I guarantee you it is it is true in L.A. County. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, so. What do you do about that? You know, I mean, you wake up, you, 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 you wake up and you learn to, to love that, which is different. And, you know, you have, people have to change. And I, and I think, I think we're running into the, uh, uh, a huge resistance right now. The people, of course, we are. Want, course they we don't are. want to change. They want to go back, and uh, I don't think they're going to be able to go back. You know, I, well, you I know, like what you know. Yeah, a lot of folks would say, I, "I like what I've got. I like the way it's been." Um, you know, don't fix it if it ain't broke. And for me, it wasn't broke. But for somebody else, you know, a whole lot of folks, it it was and uh, not addressed. And so here we are. I, I, so, Sometimes this thought just occurred to me. I, I sometimes wonder if 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 we could just like skip a generation and suddenly just put millennials in charge of everything. Um, we might things might go smoother. I, I don't know, <laughs> but they grew up in this world. Well, they, yeah. they, don't, they didn't they didn't grow up in the world we grew up in. There, it's no big deal for them. Oof. Yeah, different world. Um, some things are, are 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 clearer because of it, and some things are are a little more muddled. So that's another another discussion. Yeah, because sure. the human condition continues to morph, and the pendulum swings. And and uh, yes, we have come a long ways in terms of recognition, in terms of uh, wokeness. Um, and yet, and yet, um, we're still human beings who have a tendency to draw new lines and uh, make new judgments. So, yeah. you know, we've we've always got our work cut out for us. Amen. Are, are we even open to doing that? The next paragraph, Doug, in your in your piece, uh, really arrested me. Um, let me read this real quick. If you are consumed with the narrative of media, any media, if you are strictly and uncritically aligned with the agenda of a political party, red, blue, green, some other partisan shade, if you are living in an echo chamber, enamored of all the voices that innocently chant what you already believe, then you are earthbound, culturally conditioned, getting lost in the weeds. You can't help it and are likely to embed yourself deeper Still, when any contrary fact or dissonant view upsets your transient sense of security. Wow. Um, you really uh, expressed the anxiety well. Yeah, and I think that our anxiety drives us into those corners where things will suddenly get better. At least we hope they will because somebody promises they will, and they'll take care of it for us. And uh, and we'll be all right. So we're, we're listening to those voices sometimes. And as soon as we do, 
we've uh, lost touch with reality actually at that moment. Wow. Wow. Or then you, then you go and listen to the other voices on the other yeah. side and, yeah. 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 and you go, well, wait a minute. And that makes you feel really uneasy because some of that, even some of that sounds pretty good too. And sure. You, know, you, get, you get lost, totally lost. Yeah. 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 Well, we, we have lots of spinning going on. And, uh, you know, there was a book years ago, you remember it called The Universe Next Door? Yes. And uh, that, <laughs> that was sort of uh, conceptual at the time. Now it feels like actual to us. There is a universe next door, literally next door. The guy next to me sees the world through a totally different lens than I do. And uh, we're, hard, we're talking past each other. That's, that's what, is, what is happening. Yeah. And obviously, back to back with these conventions, we're seeing that in spades. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure. Just amazing. And is there any hope? You know. Well, of course, that was the the sort of the the, the punchline in my what I hoped was, uh, you know, my commentary that there is another way to look at it besides turning left or right. Yes. Instead of turning to the right or the left for partial and temporary solutions imposed by special interests. Look above. Yep. Aha. There's an idea. Partial and well, that's temporary. A, yeah. Go ahead. Well, that's obviously a uh, a faith perspective that's that says look the, look above and of uh, the piece that I that you're referring to of is inspired by Colossians chapter 3 a letter in the New Testament that gives us a uh, a different perspective on everything and uh, I think it actually helps us live above live above it all so that we have the power to go through it all. Uh, I think we have to get outside of it in order to see clearly and then, and then we can go back into it. Now we're armed and ready for, uh, you know, for the, for the battle that we're going to be inevitably facing, but we're going to use different kinds of weapons that we're going to, we're going to look at it through a different lens. And for me, that's, uh, that brings Christ back in, into the discussion. Who gets, who gets lost in this, even though, there's so supposedly an evangelical lobby that has some kind of political, you know, alignment. Yeah. And uh, I think it's a, a huge mistake to start there. I think we have to start above and then read yeah. back down into the nitty gritty of where we are. Yeah. yeah. Otherwise, our values are going to be, you know, we're going to be manipulated by somebody else's values. Yes. And it, it, isn't that part of the problem, too, of of trying to align ourselves as Christians with uh, a particular group or party or anything. Well, it's deadly. It's, it's deadly. We're supposed to be the conscience of the nation, not, um, you know, um, a part of somebody else's, uh, you know, game. Uh, we have to speak truth to power. How can we do that if we're on the inside of the power structure and uh, the privilege is all ours? We have to let go of that. And take the risk of uh, of speaking the truth, which means we have to do a lot more uh, uh, discernment than we usually do. Yeah, and most of us just like to please other people, or we align quickly because it makes us feel secure, and we've forgotten who we are and who we belong to. Wow, and we've forgotten the opportunity we have, you know, to really be the bridge builders in this situation. 
So can I, I, I just want to share something else I wrote in there that I think was uh, kind of amazing to me because obviously this was written, you know, 2000 years ago, almost human condition hasn't, hasn't changed. But, um, so if, uh, if we set our minds and our hearts on things above uh, on Christ and, mm-hmm. uh, he kind of gets to sort of, uh, uh, orient us to the reality as, as, as God himself knows it, it is and should be. Then there's a transformation of us, and he says we're going to put to death some things that right now are out of, completely out of control. So he, he lists them, and I think they're kind of in a sequence. So, you know, put away anger, and uh, mm. again, it's not, it's not a sin. It's not wrong to be angry. A person who can't ever get angry is emotionally disabled, but don't let it settle into you because then it becomes rage, the next item in, the, uh, in this terrible litany. And the rage becomes malice, which is another word for hate. And the malice becomes slander, which we're hearing all over the place, where people are just trashing each other. And that leads to all kinds of abusive uh, language and all kinds of shameful behavior, which we're seeing in spades now. And it gets glorified. That's sort of now not only, you know, out there on the outskirts, but now that's mainstream. And we got to put that to death. we got to put that away so that we can be part of something that uh, the letter to the Colossians called a, a new creation which is centered on Christ and what he has in mind for us. Wow. What, what verses were those um, you were referring to, Doug? Okay. Take a quick look here. just happen to have the book in front of me, and that's chapter 3 of Colossians, which is such a powerful book. It's, it's dense with meaning, um, but, but then it gets very, very practical. So um, that's... Um, I think that's about like about, about verse eight. Yeah, okay. seven, eight, nine. Yeah, it's in there. Verse eight. Okay. Chapter three. Great. Boy. And they just uh, they just line up. It's it's this vicious cycle that takes us down. And uh, and and usually we're angry because something feels threatening to us. We have we have these fears, and so we're going to fight back. And somebody fans the flames and becomes rage, and on and on and on it goes. Okay, how do we get out of this, Doug? How do, how do, how do we how, how do we put that? Well, together? again, we have to, we have to have a different mindset. We have to have a different orientation to our heart. We have to reset. I believe our lives on uh, the image of Christ, the person of Christ, the Gospels themselves that show us what Christ is like and what Christ wants and how 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 God's will is expressed in this world. And uh, it doesn't look, look like it has a chance in our world right now because everything is topsy-turvy and everything is, you know, in collision with each other. So I think it's a mindset. It begins with what you're thinking about, your focus, your your baseline of values. And then you start applying that to your real life. And uh, it all depends on who you're listening to. If you're embedded in those places, I mentioned the media, the party, yeah. Um, the peer group, you know, whatever it happens to be, you're you're dead in the water. If you need their approval, if that's the easy way out for you, if it's just, uh, you know, you're going to wrap your tribe and your tribal images around you, that's where you're going to end up. But if, if there's a tribe of tribes and Christ is Lord of that experience, then something different happens, and I'm called to put something to death. We have to have a community that reinforces this, and then, of course, that replaces this. And if you go down to, if I can uh, just go back to the, the passage, if you go down to the end of the passage uh, or toward the middle of it, it talks about um, 
you know, put on, close your, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, patience, bear with each other, forgive one another as, as if you have a grievance against someone. Well, we don't do that. We, we blast mm-hmm. our grievances out there. We make up stuff just to kind of, yeah. you know, reaffirm our, uh, our party line. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. Over all these virtues, put on love, which binds them all together in perfect unity. And then peace breaks out wow. when we do that. So it's a conscious choice, and it's a community effort. It's, it's a team sport, this, this living by faith business, because um, it's not going to get reinforced right now in public by, by too many sources. No, it's not. But uh, but it's going to stick out. It's, it's going to stick out. It's, oh, it will. It's countercultural for sure. Yeah. I, you know, I have so many examples of this. I was a pastor of a church in Walnut Creek, California, up in the Bay Area. And uh, Walnut Creek is notorious for being a white enclave. Um, it's not so much anymore, but it was. And that image still lingers. And it occurred to me as I was pastor there, we need a wider angle on the kingdom of God. Um, we're not getting it all here. So uh, we made a sister church relationship with a church in West Oakland called True Vine. And it started kind of, you know, awkwardly, and we were clumsy, and it, it was not a lot happening. And then came the Rodney King riots back in the early 90s. Mm-hmm. And so I called my friend, Pastor Kerry, and I said, we should get together. And he said, yes. And I said, listen, well, we want to invite you over here. We'll, t- we'll talk about this on Sunday morning. I want to invite your church to come out here in Walnut Creek, and we'll have a time together, a prayer together. And he said, no, I think you need to bring your people into Oakland. Now, people on Walnut Creek didn't travel to Oakland. They traveled through through Oakland on the freeway with their windows rolled up, you know, if they were yeah. smart on their way to San Francisco. And uh, later on, of course, I would find out my friends in Oakland, my new friends in Oakland, wouldn't come to Walnut Creek. I said, what are you talking about, the safest place in the world? Uh, we've been profiled when we go out there. It's not safe for us. Wow. And so the Oakland Hills became the Himalayas culturally. You just can't get across them. And uh, But we got together. We did bring people, and my wife was kind of skeptical. She said, I don't think you can fill your car with people who want to go to Oakland on Sunday night. Mm-hmm. But we brought 80 people that night, mm. and uh, we gathered with them, and it was a breakthrough in our relationship. And we were praying together that the angel of death would pass over Oakland because Oakland's a tinderbox. And yeah. uh, um and yeah. God heard our prayers, and we began now our relationship in earnest. Before we prayed, actually, the Pastor Kerry said, before we pray, what are you guys, what are you feeling? Let's talk about that. Let's not be afraid to talk about it. If we can't talk about that here in church, where can we talk about that? The Bible has a lot to say about this, um, you know, this tension, this anxiety, these fears, uh, all, all this anger that, that can be stirred up so quickly. and. And so we did, and people began to get more honest and, you know, kind of tentative at first, as we do. And and eventually we kind of mixed it up, and we had a prayer time, and that was the beginning of, of real relationships, which we were almost all of us hungry for, but didn't know how to start. Wow. Wow. So did that, did that continue? Political did, views did that, and, and everything else. Yeah, does that continue? It continued. Yeah, that, it, it continues to this day. It continues in my own life. I'm no longer the pastor there, but I'm, I have great relationships with some of those folks, um, even though I'm in Austin, Texas now. But it also opened my eyes to a whole new world that I could connect with anywhere because, um, you know, different, 
different folks live in different places. This is this is the USA, and here in Austin, Texas, you know, we're very diverse as well. And and God has now opened their, those doors for me by opening my heart. That's that had to happen, mm-hmm. and opening my eyes to see things that I never I never saw before. And uh, as I've had chances to travel around the world, I know it isn't just unique to the U.S. I mean, these problems are are everywhere, both the political side of it and the uh, the racial relationships, cross cultural relationships. But we have our particular problems here in the U.S. because of our history. Yeah, yeah. Beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. I've got, I've got many of them. I I, I collect them. I hear them from other people and I have my own experience. And I think it does take a a taste of this to really understand what you're talking about. We can talk about it in theory, but um, you know, if, if, if we don't have um, the experience, the first hand experience and the real relationships, then our reality doesn't match our relationships. And it's, it's all, um, it's all, you know, hypothetical and probably becomes um, uh, partisan in one way or another and just is, gets predictable. And we yeah. shouldn't be predictable that way. Yeah. We're following a different lead. You know, it takes some courage. That takes courage though, Doug, because it's uh it does at first. It, it becomes easier as you do it. You become more confident and you realize what you're missing out on. And so it becomes rich. And I've, I've got friends all across the political spectrum, and I work really hard to keep those friendships, especially when there's some distance on an issue. Because mm-hmm. uh, mm-hmm. I always think it's the issue behind the issue that's most important, not just the label and the, and the soundbite. We've we've yeah. been sucker punched by those things. Yeah, so much so. It is a courageous love. I, I love the putting those two words together. I think it's a courageous love that is required of us right now. And and uh, Christ obviously is the inspiration, the model of that, and, and He calls us to follow Him into places that are uncomfortable. So it takes courage. Yeah. And don't you think this whole idea that there is a that there is a Christian political solution somehow to to this whole thing that muddies the water even more? Well, that's usually pretty two-dimensional, and usually there are special interests involved, and and uh, you know uh, it's 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 easy to slap a label on something and call it call it Christian, but is it really? And uh, the answer is that that Christ gave, you know, as he wandered through a very divided political landscape, to say the least, you know, in, in the middle of an empire that was that was evil, mm-hmm. and uh, called out a new community to represent. Um, not either side, but something brand new. It's always a third way. The way of Christ is always yeah. a, above and beyond, but is applied back into the you know the down and dirty of where we live. That's fantastic. That's the, it is fantastic. Right, it really is. Neither right nor left or up. Neither right yeah. nor yeah. the third. The third way. Well. Um, yeah. That, yeah. That's going to be a challenge. That's going to be a challenge for us. Of course, it is a challenge of a lifetime. Uh, um, so uh, that's a that's a much better that's a much better way to go about it than being afraid, than being it is simple. it is you know yeah so, uh, yeah gosh well Doug it's been great 
like it always is to have you it talk It is always. I, I enjoy it. Thanks for asking me. And uh, I really appreciate your insights, especially at this time that are so needed. So, uh, well, John, we're just getting started because this is going to go on, and I think it's going to get a little bit deeper before it gets easier. Yeah, yeah, probably so. I think you're right. But what an opportunity for us! It's our calling. Yeah. Um. Doug, how would you like to lead us in in prayer? Wow, I, I think uh, I think yeah, I, I'd love to. I'd love to. Um, Lord, we dare to pray for the nation that is uh, in turmoil. And this is a very turbulent ride that we are on right now, and we're losing our balance. It's hard to find our poise. It's hard to remember our values, but um, we need to keep our eyes on you, eyes on the prize, and uh, our hearts attuned to um, the people that we say we care about, which should be our neighbors, whoever they are, whatever color they are, whatever nationality, whatever tribe, even whatever political persuasion they are. And, uh, and yes, help us to live out the solutions, not just propose them, but, but to live them and to make it a part of our community and ultimately uh, an influence beyond, Lord, whatever, whatever that means. Um, we, we cannot, we're not, we're not in control of so many things right now, whether a virus or a political uh, election coming up, um, but we are in control of ourselves. And uh, we believe that you are overall in control of everything going on. And uh, we should be thriving no matter the situation, no matter who wins or loses this election. We certainly have our preferences. We want to see righteousness done. We want to see justice done. We want to see reconciliation happen. We want to see restoration of wholeness to whole communities um, like Kenosha, Wisconsin right now, Lord. So we we, we pray for that, and uh, we would ask you to move us to do whatever we can do in the midst of our situation. And that's our prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. Mm -hmm. Amen. Amen. Doug, thank you so much. This won't be the last time. Thank you, John. Yeah. All right. <laughs> we will see you that soon. That sounds good. Okay. Thank you. All right. And after, uh, folks, this is a this is a very important very important uh blog talk radio which is now in podcast. So I suggest you listen to it again and that you maybe catch the trend for what you do. This is really a good one and very important this time in all of our lives. God bless y'all.